Welcome to a brand new episode of the post game. I am your host Davion, and I'm joined by Emmett. Hey. And Lillian. Yo yo. How are we doing, y'all? Good. Good. Pretty good. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good too. Um, continuing our series of um, that that I came up with the name. Let's talk. You know, look at that. Look, like this just randomly popped into my head. But yeah, we're gonna continue our series today. Um, talking about each NBA team. Uh, today we're going to cover one of the uh, most laughed at uh, teams in the NBA, the New York Knicks. <laughs> um, so starting off the, the, our, our conversation about the Knicks, where do we see the Knicks like being next year? Um, I see them. Um, I see them. Oh gosh, my thing's ringing. Um, I see him being like somewhere in the bottom half of the playoffs, or in the play-in, or flirting with that area because uh, you know I they were the four seed two years ago and they came back with a similar team, and then you know missed out on the playoffs, and so I don't really know like. I don't see them making a huge jump, but I also don't see them falling off at all. They're, they're kind of the same team right now. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that they changed enough to make a difference. I mean, unless Julius Randle goes back to his 2021 season, is the same team. So with them adding – uh, Jalen Brunson, like, do we think he can be the Jalen Brunson from Dallas? I mean, he can, but it's also a question of, you know, how much is his offense going to offset his defense? Mm. I mean, being six one, even if you have one of the highest defensive IQs, there's only so much you can do physically. Yeah. I mean, him being in Tom Thibodeau's system helps a lot because they're already a pretty good defensive team and just they needed like kind of, you know, you know, more spread out scoring. It can't be all Julius Randle. It can't be all R.J. Barrett. Someone's got to pick up the slack. And they got a lot of guys that, you know, aren't aren't great shooters yeah. and that holds them back a little bit. So I think he has – yeah, I think he has a much, you know, bigger role over there and a lot more will be put in his hands now that he's not with a superstar like Luca. So he could flourish. Yeah. So it's funny. I haven't really like, thought about Jalen Brunson being like uh, added to the to the Knicks and like, I haven't really thought through their whole team dynamic. But like I, I, I've been saying this for since Jalen, I mean, Julius Randle had that really big like that season in twenty twenty one. I've been saying that like you cannot have him be your main guy because that's just the role he does not flourish in. Like that's just not something that he's built for. But if, if you like tag him along with like a now Jalen Brunson who can take over if he needs to and like facilitate an offense, I think you're gonna see a really big shift and like. Now that Julius is going to be their second or third option, depending on where RJ Barrett is, um, I think you'll see that team like expand a little bit more 
and like just become a little bit better. I don't think they're going to be the playoff team by any means, but I do think like adding Jalen Brunson is somebody who's going to be able to control the offense instead of letting Julius Randle just get the ball and like just do whatever he wants. I think we're going to see a lot, a lot more. Um, I think we're going to see a, a completely different Knicks team next year. Yeah, I think there's just you know some people that get paid the big bucks to do what they do. Yeah. So like examples could be like Mikhail Bridges on the Suns, like you know he's not supposed to be the top scorer by any means or facilitator, but he's there because he knows how to shoot the ball and he knows how to defend yeah. the best player on the court, and so he gets twenty plus million for that. Uh, Terry Rozier for Charlotte is just a strict scorer uh, that got paid big money recently and but he's by no means going to be the number one guy maybe not even not even the number two guy but he knows that he get he's supposed to go in and score the ball so Brunson comes in because they you know I I would say at you know at every position they had someone someone that's you know could kind of stay there to start but they didn't really have like a straight starting point guard facilitator sure so Brunson coming in, you know, I think is a great fit. And someone like quickly has been playing well, but, you know, I see him more as a Tyler Hero role, like streaky, come off the bench, provide some spark for them while you've got someone that's, you know, more experienced and has a better feel for all around like Brunson. So I think that, yeah, I, th- I think that the Knicks could could do really well. They have a, I think they have a really balanced team, and they could surprise people like they did two years ago. But you know, time will tell. So it's, I think it's funny that like I think the Knicks are such like laughing laughing stocks in the NBA that like no one really like thinks of them as being like good. But like like you just said, like I think when it comes to the Knicks, they they don't have an identity. Like they don't have a they don't know their roles. They're all just young guys out there just playing to play. And they don't have, like, structure or or just, like, a motive. And so now I think once you add, like, someone who's been in a structural system, like with Luka um, in the Mavs last season, I think he helps, like, build that structure and that identity for that team. I don't think he's going to be out there, like, I don't think he's going to be, like, the number one leader in the NBA or anything like that, but I just think he'll – he'll definitely, like, help them grow as a team, I think. I do. I want to say, I, as much as, like, Jalen Brunson played with a great great player like Luka, I, it's sort of hard to say that there's a structure in Dallas, you know? That, that's very much a team that heavily relies on Luka, you get the ball, do what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think when you referenced, uh, you know, a bunch of guys on the Knicks just sort of playing basketball to play basketball, I think a lot of that falls on Thibodeau. Yeah, you know these are young players. You're their coach. You sort of you gotta make something happen to get them to fit in well together. And I'm not sure that Jalen Brunson coming in is gonna make that happen. I think Thibodeau just isn't a good fit in New York with young players. You need a coach that is willing to take charge. And we haven't seen Thibodeau do that at all in New York. It's a it's interesting. Like both, I mean. you could arguably say like the the Knicks and the Lakers are like basically like the biggest markets in the, in the NBA. Yeah. And they're so both teams are so heavily, they always have been shooting for the stars all the time, going for that 
big name and free agents or trades, they don't, they don't have time for like these rebuilds per se or developing young guys. And so like, for instance, the Lakers, when always been through Kobe until he retired uh, in like 2015, I think. And then they were horrible for four years. Um, No identity, just a bunch of young dudes thrown on the court. And then finally they traded their, their guys to get, Anthony Davis and they signed LeBron and now they're throwing all their young assets to make it a championship run. And so that's, that's how they build their team. And it, the the Knicks are every single, every single offseason. y'all know, like you see all the headlines is like, Oh my gosh, like is KD coming to New York? Like uh, Donovan Mitchell's getting, or is he getting traded to New York? Who's going to go, play and it and it's so funny because there's such a big market but no free agent like in the last few years has wanted to come play and so now like they're kind of stuck in this situation where they're just willing to gamble on any kind of talent they can get if Brunson's your best option he's a he's a great player but you know that's not going to take you over over the hump like you know if they if they're in the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes like go for it like you know y'all haven't had an identity big name in a while like why not just go for it because if not it's just going to be the same old same old exactly and I think to your point like just like with the Lakers like no big name wants to go to these organizations like the the Knicks or the Lakers because they don't have any picks for the next like Lakers don't have any first round picks for the next seven years so why would I want to go? Like, why would I want to go to a team that's like not going to develop unless I'm signing a one or two year deal? And so it's like, it's like it, it just doesn't make sense how. I mean, like, listen, the Lakers, but the Knicks are in New York City. They play in Madison Square Garden, one of the best and most important arenas in the NBA. Yet they 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 have Julius Randle and a failed Kimball Walker who played last season. Who were their big names? And so it's like, and I think the development is off when it comes to young talent because RJ, let's be real, RJ hasn't developed like well. I mean, like he, he's it's been a slow moving train, but like it's it's it it's just not it hasn't done anything of purpose. And so it's like now we're just sitting here looking at the Knicks every season, waiting for them to implode. Yeah, hundred percent. So, yeah. Talking about R.J. Barrett, that he was a guy who was supposed to come into the league and coming out of Duke, playing with Zion, playing with Cam Reddish, yeah. was yeah. supposed to make a huge impact on that next team and started off really slow, only averaging 14. But, I mean, going up about three points a game each season, he's definitely improved, but that efficiency still isn't there. And so he's getting you 20 points a game, but is he helping the team by doing that? Yeah. And, and do we think it's because, like, they don't establish roles in New York. Yeah, it's think, like I don't think New York has ever had roles. Well, yeah, because Melo was there. I mean, there was Melo had his role, and nobody else did because it was just Melo. Yeah, and I think that I'm also worried. You know, we're talking about Kemba Walker, undersized point guard, can get his own shot, but will also facilitate. We saw him come into New York after failing in Boston due to injuries. Does nothing gets traded away, and is now going to get bought out by the Pistons. I do worry a little bit. You see Jalen Brunson, same type of player, undersized, can score and facilitate. Can he really thrive in New York 
as that main point guard when he's never had to play that role for a long period of time? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think, like, it, it would completely depend on what they give him. I mean, it, are they going to give him talent to work with or are they going to give him, like, control of the offense? Like, I mean, there's but so much, like, their main, a main guy can do. Because we saw Julius Randle, he went off two seasons, like, last season, like, two seasons ago. He was arguably one of the best players in the league. But yet you still get, like, blown out in the playoffs. And it's like, what, like, what do you have to do to show that you have a plan? Because when the Knicks go out and play, it looks like they don't have a plan. They, don't look, they have no idea what they're out there doing. And so it's like, when, whenever you, whenever you, whenever they figure that out and whenever they figure out, like, you know, this is what, like, what we need to go out here and do. Because we see teams like Golden State, they have a plan. We see teams like, I mean, I'm hitting back on your point about the Mavs, like, not having a plan. I feel like towards the end of the season, like, they, they knew what they needed to do. They knew that, that Luka was going to get his shot regardless. He's going to put up 30 shots a game. That, that's just going to be him, period, on any team. But they also knew that they had shooters around him. And so whenever he needs to get him – I mean, and what's that the guy's name? Um, um, I don't know his name. Whatever. The guy who, like, got hot in the playoffs last year for him. Um who was, like, shooting threes. He, Finney Smith? Yeah, yeah, Finney Smith. Yeah, he really, like, became their their point two or point three like, guy. I mean, he went off. He had, like, 20, 25 um, in a couple games. And, like, for, the, for that Mavs team, that's big. And so if somebody – if they can get uh, somebody to tag along with Jalen Brunson um, like that, and if and – if, I mean, because, look, they have a really good – like core, they have Jalen Brunson now. They have Julius Randle. They have RJ. Like that's, I mean, that's three players that, like on paper, they should be really good. And on paper, this should work, but it's just a matter of how it's going to work now. Yeah, they they do have they have a balanced roster. Like they, yeah. you know, they'll they'll be fine. Like say injuries come, like they got guys. Like Cam Reddish could certainly become like a. 15 plus per game score next year. Yeah. Uh if he gets if he gets the role. Like Obi Topping could take that jump quickly. Evan Ford. Miles McBride. Yeah. And any of those guys can. But uh, you know, someone you know, you gotta run the offense through someone. And if that doesn't work, then you got your second option and you, you just kind of move like that. And you know. Credit where it's due, the Knicks have gotten very unlucky. You know, they were all in on the Zion sweepstakes that was supposed to happen. And, of course, it doesn't because, you know, it's the Knicks. And then they lose the lottery in 2020 and fall from, what was it, like two or three down to eight. Or, or they, they fell from five to eight yeah. in 2020. And because the the Bulls and Hornets jumped up, and then they like the last two drafts, they just traded their picks. They haven't even made selections, and Knicks fans are livid about that. And y'all saw uh, Leon Rose like had to send a message to the fans, like saying, "We're sorry, but we have a plan. Sorry for trading the draft picks that we were supposed to take." So. 
you know, there's been some questionable moves, some unlucky drafts and whatnot. But, you know, I just – unless we see some huge improvements from some of these complimentary guys, uh, yeah, I, st- I just see them staying put. I, I mean, they could be – they could surprise people. I, I wouldn't be surprised. But the East is so loaded now. The East – this is the best the East has been in a while. So it's just going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, the Knicks, I mean, they have, like we just said, they have a lot of depth. Like, they have they have everyone there. They have potential. But now it's just making a plan and figuring out what exactly are we doing here. Like, what exactly is our goal, our motto, our, our, our three-year plan? Because right now it doesn't look like they have one. They don't think they have a plan or direction about where they want to go. Oh, but yeah. So, like, hitting on the Knicks, like, what's the ceiling for them this season? Like, what's that? What's what's the farthest we think we can go? First round exits, if they get that far. I expect them to be a playing team. I think they could win a game or two in the plan. But I don't think they do anything against the powerhouses in the East. When you look at the East, you've got Boston, Philly, Chicago, Cleveland, Miami, Miami, maybe Brooklyn. Who knows what's happening there? So I think that the East is too loaded for the Knicks to make the first round and actually get out of it. The only way I see them maybe making it to the second round is just if a team has, like, some injuries. Like, say they're a five or six seeds somehow and their matchup, their, their star guys out. But yeah, like Lillian said, it's hard to bet on them against some of those teams that are definitely going to be in the top four. Yeah. I mean, I'm right there with y'all. I mean, I don't think the ceiling is very high, Um, but like with me, it's like, you can look at other teams and you can say, okay, who's done good this offseason? Like, who's developed better? And so, I mean, I think – because last year they were, at a, they were like, 11 in the league behind the Hornets. I mean, has the Hornets gotten better this season? I mean, this offseason? No. No. Nah. <laughs> and so they've arguably dropped – I mean, have the Pacers who were under them gotten better? Not really. Um, the Pistons, Orlando, there are two I mean, question marks coming into this next season. Birds. We got Washington, who I think are terrible, even though they gave Bradley Bill 250. Still terrible. Um, So it's like, can the Knicks squeak up to like 10 or 9? Maybe. Like, they have actually grown instead of lost players in this offseason. But yeah, so I think I got one more more thing, one more question about the Knicks before I turn over to y'all. Like, Well, I only have a question for the Knicks. I think that, like, because they are such a high market like team, can they? Not can they? Do you think everyone will get around the addition to Jalen Brunson? Like, do you think the team will, like, like allow like Jalen Brunson to come in and help them? 
And like, who is their like established leader right now for the Knicks? I mean, I would say the leader of that team right now is probably Derrick Rose. Mm. That's yeah. your veteran presence that knows what he's doing. Yeah. I I don't necessarily know if Derrick Rose can get all of the young guys because it's a very young team. Aside from Randall Rose and I can't remember the other guy. Fournier. They all have four years or less experience in the NBA. Yeah. So it's a very young team. I don't know if Derrick Rose can necessarily get everybody to rally behind Brunson coming in and trying to take over the leading role on the court. I mean, do we think he'll come in and try to take over that leading position? Like, like he, do you think he's going to come in and be like, all right, y'all, I'm that guy, and so now I'll need y'all to come around me? Or do we think it's like more of a, hey, I'm here, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. He he was the second best option on a Western Conference Finals team last year. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, his playoff debut, he was dropping like 41. I think he has a lot of confidence coming into next season. I wouldn't be surprised, especially because he's going to feel more at home back in New York. Yeah. Yeah. And he was the, I mean, if he doesn't play like that in the playoffs, like they probably lose to Utah in the first round. Oh, he easily. Was injured like the first three games. And then, like, you know, he's been that guy for Villanova for four years. Yeah. So he has – and didn't they win a national championship? Yeah, that know. one hurts. They beat Michigan. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So, like, you know, I don't really know what kind of a vocal leader he is on the court. I just know he's a hooper. Yeah. So, I mean, Randall – um. I've heard talks of a Lakers trade there, a Westbrook buyout, but like, I just I think he's a good second or third option on a good team. I I don't I just don't think the Knicks are his. He's a great fit there. I do really wonder what happened with Randall coming first All Star season. Just super hot, coming strong, but then I have an I, but then all of a sudden, no confidence the next year. I have an answer. He's just – I mean, like, you cannot expect NBA players who aren't that top guy in New York City with all the media. I mean, you get all – you get criticized so much for getting put out in the first round. And, you like, you get criticized so hard that all offseason – and all the questions come is, is Julius Randle that top guy that entire offseason? And because of he, cause, cause he put up those numbers. But you cannot expect him to come back that next following season and be that guy if he's not that guy. And so, if, and so seeing him rapidly decline, it's like you saw that he can't take that pressure. Because that's just not what he's built for. Yeah, that, that is a huge drop-off. Percentages, I mean, three-point percentage went, I mean, by a whole 10% went down. That's Jeez. just brutal. So, I zoned out for two seconds. Did you mention Russell Westbrook? I did, yeah. So, I think if he, I mean, just theoretical here, if he went to New York with Jalen Brunson along, 
and he came off the bench because I don't think he would start. I just don't think he would. Do we think I, – because I, he would make himself the leader to that team, but do we? does he push those young kids over that hump? No. Nah. I mean, because he did <laughs> – because he did – listen, think about it. Because he did do it in, in Washington. Yeah, but he wasn't, like, the only veteran on that team. He still had Bradley Beal with him. I understand. I mean, yeah, but there's other veterans – well – not many, but like there's kind of other veterans on the Knicks. There's like three. <laughs> barely, yeah, barely for and sure. He, but he was a good teammate in Washington. He, he was, like the people said that he was a good teammate. I don't. I also I don't think his ego can handle coming off the bench. Well, he's gonna ha- listen. If he doesn't put up this year, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna be screwed. Simple. Like he is gonna he is not gonna be picked up by any team. For anything other than a veteran's been on. Simple. I mean, at the end of the day, he knows he's a half lock. I don't think he cares. I mean, think about it. I think realistically, something that was more likely to happen out of everything we're saying is that he doesn't have a good season next year, and then he gets picked by picked up by the Knicks the following year. Hmm. I wouldn't be super surprised if Utah picked him up. If Utah trades away Donovan Mitchell and all they have sitting there is Mike Conley. It's not like they've got anything going for them. I mean, if you, I mean, you're bringing in draft picks after draft pick, draft picks. I don't see why not. I think they're starting to work that market of like they're they're going to do what some of these young teams are doing right now, and they're going to go and get um, some draft picks and just really work the market with that. And so, yeah. I don't know though. The Knicks are a team to definitely be like looking out for next season, and especially for the rest of free agency. I think there's a couple more moves that they can make. Maybe Kevin Durant, maybe Kyrie Irving. Stretch on that, but like, no one. Donovan Mitchell is probably the more more likely out of the three I just named. Mm-hmm. But we'll just have to wait and see what happens because no one knows what's gonna what the Knicks are gonna hold or, or what their structure is gonna be next year, except the Knicks. So, but yeah, before we, I mean, closing out. Like, is there anything else you want to say about the Knicks? I I hope they're I mean the last thing I'll say is like you know I, I hope their fan base can just kind of respect like any the, the push they're they kind of made to win I guess like getting Brunson like I'm sure like any person would be like oh that's an overpay but you know it's it's a it's a push to try and get in the playoffs and you know make some noise so like I, I remember the the fans were just they were they were booing Randall as he was having a bad game or booing RJ Barrett like on the home court. Um, I mean they're Knicks fans, but like I hope they can have some sort of respect for Brunson coming in and. Yeah right. Let's be real, Knicks fans and Philly fans they aren't. They, they they aren't normal people. They don't have that thing called respect. They want their team to win, and that's it. They don't care about anything else. Knicks, Philly, and Boston fans, man, I don't trust them. Boston fans are ruthless. They will say anything and everything. Oh, yeah. They do not care at all. But, um, I mean, I, I, I do back that too, though, that too, though, because, like, I I think I'm I'm someone who's, like, when there's a new signing for any sport, I don't care if it's soccer, football, basketball, 
I would say give them a year to settle in, and then after that year, I think it's it's all it's it's all like just go ahead, just whatever you want to say, you can say it. But you have to give that person that one year to adjust to the climate, to the to just the statue of where they are, and then after that, I mean, it's, it's all she wrote. You can give, you can say whatever you want. But yeah, um, Lily, got anything else for the Knicks, or are you good? I'm good. All right. Well, this is a, this been another installment of uh, let's let's talk, and um, I mean, I'm. It's been a very uh, a very good one. I think the Knicks have potential to really impress a couple people. And then we shall see about that. But uh, the next team we'll be talking about are the Philadelphia 76ers. So, um, yeah, though, I have a uh, pretty sure shot for listening if you made it this far. Um, I've been your host, Davion, Lillian, Emmett, um, and this has been the post game. Peace. See you.